Welcome, my love, to the Living for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia, aka Anna Empowers, here to more deeply understand with you the rich fullness of God. Because when you understand your creator, you understand his creation, yourself, his world, all that he designed for you to be. God led me out of self-sabotage and insecurity and the new age deception by breaking chains that bound me to my past. And that is my mission here today with you to help you in him and in him alone break chains that bind you to your past, break chains of shame, of insecurity, of self-sabotage in him. So together we can be humbled and surrender to his glorious love and unleash the gifts that he willed for us to bring into his world for him and his glory, not for ourselves. He wants to guide you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to heal you like he's healed so many aspects of my life. When I didn't even seek him at first, God is so good, so patient, so perfectly loving. On this podcast, you'll receive inspiring stories and experiences and mistakes I've made all along the way, plus the unique perspectives of thought leaders on faith-based life and faith-based business so that you can amplify your faith in God's work in your own life. God wants you to store the unique gifts, talents, and ideas that he gave you. He sanctifies and clarifies your unique design the more you come to know and walk with him. God is the strength that I lean on every day to be made into a better steward, servant, wife, and woman for his glory. I'm so excited to introduce my beautiful friend and sister, Acacia, here today. She is one of the most gorgeous souls I have ever met, just like pure love embodied. She is a sound healing practitioner. She is, I would even say a musician. We'll see if she defines herself that way. I would definitely say a musician, like such a master of sound and music and really honoring sound frequencies in our lives and the teachers and healers that they can be for us. So welcome, Acacia. Oh, Anastasia, thank you for such a beautiful introduction. And I definitely do consider myself an experimental musician. Um, definitely step outside of the norm of what we're maybe used to seeing in like music creation, very in a place of surrender to any organic sound that wants to come through. And so my comfort zone has definitely been channeling sound, you know, like tones. And I've learned in my singing lessons that it's actually like vocables when you start putting like um, a constable with a um, oh boy, I'm actually not going to remember the right words for these letters. That's fine. We have no idea what these words mean, listening most of us probably. <laughs> but yeah, so I am a healer. I am a sound healer and I support other goddesses, um, journeys of transformation into remembering their divinity, their wholeness, and really reclaiming their power through the grace of sound. Mm, that's so beautiful. I don't even think I know. How did you get started in sound healing work? Like, how did you end up on this path you're on now? <laughs> it's actually such 
kind of, a, it's actually a mystical story. Um, I was in a place of my life where I came into the awareness that I was definitely a healer. I had chicken pox for a month and a half, and then I was in a place of suffering. And I finally met a woman who taught me how to heal my chicken pox by going into my 12 bodies. And the itch went away after the first session. And within two days, all of the spots had gone away. And so from that place of recognizing that I was a healer, I realized that I needed to create a new environment for myself. Um, so that I could step out of the habit and addiction of partying. And when I went into this new environment of living in a cabin in the mountains, I really started to go inward more deep than I ever have. And I really started to ask the universe, like, why am I here? Because I knew that there was like this purpose, which was really new for me. I feel like I went through life feeling very confused and not belonging. And so for having this new sense of having a purpose, but not knowing what it was yet, was really exciting for me. And I was definitely in a space of synchronicity and allowing the universe to communicate with me through signs and symbols. I had already established a connection with the unseen spiritual realms at this point. And so I went on a shamanic journey and connected with my guides. And I actually, in this journey, I did not have that much of a visual experience, which was very natural for me. I feel like my third eye can definitely receive those signals and decipher that symbology that we can tap into in the spiritual realms. And this one journey with the intention of like, why am I here? I was like, in this void womb, it felt like I was in my womb. It was completely dark. And I just heard my voice say sound healing. And I've never heard about sound healing before. And so I was like, okay, universe, like sound healing. I Googled it and I was like, okay, I could be into this. And I asked the universe to give me signs in the waking reality, which I call this world. And two days after I got three signs in one day that were all speaking to sound healing. And so I found a teacher and I pursued the path, which has been so nourishing. It's been one of the healthiest obsessions I've ever <laughs> invested my energy into because it's really brought me closer to my, my soul's infinite beauty and trust of my body, the body wisdom, and to trust the mystery of life. And so it's, it's been a huge gift for me. And that's why I love sharing it with others. What an incredible story. I can't believe I haven't heard that before. It's amazing. I'm so curious. It sounds like you had such an established relationship, right? With, I think you call it the unseen realm or the unseen with spirit. How did that come about? Honestly, I, I have memories of being a kid. And being very tapped into seeing things that were not really there. Mm. Um, but that was like, I feel like definitely after eight years old, I did not remember that experience. Nature definitely did start coming back into my life in a really intimate, deep way when I was around, I feel like 19, when I was going through these pretty strong suicidal struggles and 
Um, I feel like when I leaned back into that connection into the divine mother to help me to help hold me is when that gift maybe started waking back up again. But it really, honestly, it was just like having this strong sense that like, I remember being in my cabin and like feeling like there was a dragon up on my like tiny home that I was living in like I just could feel it breathing and I was like oh my god I think I'm going crazy I was hearing these frequencies in my ears which what after I had my first sound healing treatment with the planetary tuning forks I was like oh my god like that's what I've been hearing and so I was definitely going through this process of like doubt of what is what my, the subtle senses, what they're communicating with me, like, can I believe them or actually am I going crazy? (laughs) Yeah, I can a hundred percent relate to that. I also, so I think, I don't know if it was similar timing wise with our timelines, but I also, I think, you know, like struggle with depression for a long time and pretty severe depression with suicidal thoughts and things of that nature for about a decade and for me, my shadow work experiences, which were like meditative in nature and went really deep. And you actually, I don't think I told you this, the shadow work experience I first delved into before I knew what shadow work was, was created by this beautiful woman who based it. I don't know if she based it on exactly, but it was like channeled through her right after her first ayahuasca ceremony. So it was based on that kind of shamanic experience she had with plant medicine and rooted in that. So it was very like shamanic in nature, um, but rooted in shadow work, I think as a practice. Anyway, once I went through that experience, not only did the depression lift, and I think you and I talked about how like depression in, I think you agreed with me. I think we both believe this that depression is like disconnection from soul or disconnection from source or disconnection from our true essence. Mm -hmm. And not only did I feel like I reconnected with that true essence for the first time in 10 years, I felt alive and passionate and purposeful and joyous, but also God snuck in there. Like I feel like this also opened up this connection to God where previously I don't know if I had none, but my parents weren't very, definitely weren't religious, which I think in retrospect helped me in a lot of ways. It didn't guide me in a weird direction or like help. It it didn't lead to a damaged relationship with the divine, which a lot of people have church trauma, but they also just had, they gave me no spiritual guidance as to like that aspect of myself and they didn't model that. So I kind of didn't have a whole lot of foundation there. Uh, other than my mom is very open to the esoteric, just a lot more fear-based in that place. And I had some kind of belief that there is something, but I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with it. And I certainly didn't have any faith, like faith that the divine has got me, that I'm being guided, that I'm being looked after. That kind of supportive essence wasn't a part of my life until these shadow work experiences like opened up that portal within me. What I see as the soul is like a, a channel for the divine. It's like the soul gets blocked or distorted by certain experiences we take on. And then once we start clearing that stuff, the soul can shine through. And not only will it shine through into your life, but it will also 
connect you back in with that spirit. So anyway, I felt like there's a lot of correlation between you and I in that story. And I see this so much of like this darkness, the low point, this like low point in our lives. It may not necessarily be like the lowest point or breaking point, but a dark moment, a dark point where we basically have either nowhere to go but up or we can give up. And I feel like a lot of people find purpose, find reconnection to God in that place of desperation, need, or just pain. Um, Another beautiful conversation I've been having about this lately is around the idea of like, when do we turn to the divine? Do we turn to the divine in moments of shame or pain or celebration. Like now I've come to a place where I definitely turn in that direction in celebration. But I feel like, especially early in that journey, when we're not so firmly footed in that relationship, we might be thinking we're crazy. We might be like, what's going on? It's kind of new to us. I feel like it's easiest to turn to the divine for support in moments of pain And what actually often turns people in the other direction is shame. Like I cannot bring this to anyone, including God, angels, um, spirit. And that can be such a corrosive force. And that's where we turn to other things to kind of fulfill that need and usually are led in an unhealthy direction, like with partying or with sex for me, like that was a a wound filler that obviously did not work and things of that nature. Mm, Yeah. It's for a lot of us, we didn't grow up knowing that that unconditional love was always there. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting what you just touched on about sex, because yesterday um, Ben and I, my partner, we pulled a card together. We, we pull cards every day and we each have a solo deck and then we have a shared deck and we're working with the Mayan Oracle and it, it is the Cheech Chan card and it really speaks to intimacy and how a lot of us can believe that that intimacy is reached through sex. And I like, I know in my life and I feel like a lot of women were, have maybe given their bodies too easily in like longing for that intimate connection and then being left feeling very unfulfilled um, because that intimacy really translates to sharing our innermost parts of ourselves, the things we don't want people to see that we keep are hidden. And so it's really, it's, it's really honestly such a beautiful process that we're all guided. I've just been really reflecting on our divine mother and how she teaches us so much about really being a compassionate mother and allowing free choice. And for us to go out into the world, feel like we lose that connection with our divine mother, because like when we're in that womb, we are we're kind of like in this neutralized area where like we are, our nervous system is beginning to become informed of our mother's environment, of our ancestral inheritance, all of these signals, but we're still connected to 
source. And there's kind of like this external representation of like the umbilical cord and like, you know, connecting us to like the, the central sun, the galactic core. And when we're born, like that gets detached, that gets cut. And so we are so vulnerable in this place of like being a baby that cannot care for itself, does not have control over what environment it's in. And she really teaches us the beauty and letting go of what we love, you know, like to not control and to allow each being to have their own experience. And she has this faith that we will remember that that connection to divinity is within us. And so I feel like that's what we're really healing is like this separation of feeling that, you know, when something is really hard or really good, like these are the moments we like choose to go to the divine when really we're being guided into recognizing that it is there in every moment every moment. And I feel like that's where we really come into a deeper state of trust with ourselves, which is just, yeah, what a, what a gift. That is so beautiful. I feel like trust and surrender is such a theme in my life right now and a theme in the lives of so many people around me. And I love what you touched on that. Like the more that I would even translate it like the more that we can bring of ourselves to any relationship and especially the divine. I think that's the, I don't know about the easiest, but the safest relationship to bring everything to, like they're always going to be loved no matter what humans have a little bit more of brokenness that they're dealing with wounding that they're dealing with. But the more that we bring of ourselves to our relationship, the more we are able, we're also risking, of course, but able to receive love for every piece of us. So rather than, for example, if you are hiding a piece of yourself from your spouse or your partner, then when they say you, they love you, I feel like there's this narrative that can come up of, oh, but you don't really know. You don't really know this part of me. Of course, you love these parts of me that I've shown you, but these parts that I will never show you or that I'm too scared to show you or that are so dark, if you you only knew. I see this come up with my husband, especially like on his end towards me. There are parts that I, I can tell he's kind of holding back and he has these narratives of being undeserving or not being worthy of full love and support. And I... I'm having so many conversations right now about bringing all of you, bringing all of you so that all of you can be loved. And then there is just such liberation and trust and surrender in that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it just really goes to show us that there's not like a linear way of being like this, you know, very rigid process of like things that come first, because sometimes, you know, we will have to have love for for ourselves within those things for ourselves. But sometimes it does start in sharing it with another and being able to be witnessed and still met with love. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, maybe one experience we we start with ourselves and then another one we start with another. There isn't like this rigid formula. It's really about 
when your heart is calling you to share something, like Mm -hmm. it's the right space to let it out. I love that. I love that guideline. (laughs) I'm curious. I feel like a lot of the blocks that hold people back in bringing all of them or bringing those scary, uncomfortable parts to relationships, to the divine even, is fear, right? Fear of rejection, fear of not being received in it, fear of not being loved in it. Mm-hmm. Has that come up for you? And like, how have you been able to navigate that in your relationships? I feel like the biggest struggle that or challenge that has shown up is when maybe there, when I experience hurt and pain in a relationship and when that pain triggers a reaction where I feel like this wounded part of myself comes out mm-hmm. the guilt that I feel about that because it's like it's this weird balance and dynamic of like having this heightened expanded awareness right of being connected to the divine and knowing that connection <laughs> but then still having like these these triggers that can come up that are of like wow like that's not how I would have liked to have communicated or held space and so I feel like the biggest challenge has been having compassion for those moments that come out and like loving loving those moments but I will be honest like I do it is easy for me I mean when it comes out to be seen it comes out to be seen um and I do have a way of like speaking to it in the moment um while also like being in this outer conversation with my inner child and myself being witnessed by you know my partner um yeah I'd say though that like the the part of me that I try to protect is the part that like feels hurt because so much in my life I've had to like be the strong one and Mm -hmm. not not allow that hurtness to be seen because I didn't feel like there was anyone there to hold me. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've come full circle and being that person to hold her, to hold the scared and triggered little girl. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I feel like a lot of us who are on this journey of healing and especially healing others can get into this judgment zone of ourselves when the human, the wounding, the triggers come out when we're imperfect, when we're not wise sages on a mountaintop, <laughs> like at the finish line of our healing, right? It's There is no finish line and it's beautifully unfolding. And I think like you said earlier, that these parts are coming up to be seen in their own divine timing and in their own safety. And it sounds like like with your partner is one place you have safety. And that's definitely the case for me as well. And a point of frustration in the past has been that the people I love most is are the ones with whom the triggers often surface. And it's because they are our safe people. Mm. That's the irony is they are our safe people. So those wounds feel safe. Their nervous system relaxes and they're now seeking to be loved by these people where they see that possibility. 
And at the same time, they often come out sideways <laughs> and can hurt the people we love. Um, I can speak on this for hours. There's a lot on this inside nurture, the inner child intensive that I recently led. So I will leave it at that. But I just want to thank you for bringing that forward. And I'm curious how sound healing has played into that whole journey with your past wounding and your inner child and your healing so far. Well, that's a great question. And I really, especially working with other beautiful souls, I'm able to kind of put words to the support and transformation that came through sound because I I feel like sound put me on a very fast track of like just breaking through things really quick, being able to transmute and digest things at a very fast speed. And so I wasn't always, you know, noting all of the shifts that were happening. I was just being this new state of being in these new stages. And sound, I feel like really helped me to develop emotional maturity where it's like, even if these triggers do come up, these reactions do come up, I'm able to be aware of what's happening in the moment. And I'm able to like take that space to communicate like, oh, my inner child is feeling this. It doesn't change the feeling of it, but it's helped me to not over-identify with that because, you know, as I'm sure you know, when we over-identify with it, we, we think that there's something innately wrong with us. Like, oh, like, you know, I'm such a fuck up like this. I keep acting this way and really like we are spirit incarnated in these bodies and we are an expression of healing energy. And so all of these things are just coming through us to be held with within our own inner counsel. And so, you know, of the, the parents within us and the inner child within us, being able to be both of those, you know, to embody our wholeness. And so I feel like sound has really informed my body that I am actually really safe here, that I'm safe on this planet, that I belong on this planet, that when these triggers come up, I can be with them and I can let go of blaming because I feel like before I, you know, was able to lift the depression I'd been carrying, I had a lot of unresolved anger. I had fractured um, relationships with both of my parents. I was not speaking to either one of them. And what initiated me was recognizing that, like, I was exhausted from carrying this anger, from carrying the hatred, from carrying the blame. And that really, I was in a relationship at the time where I was just like, this is not what I want. This is not what I want. And I self-initiated myself into responsibility. And what I thought I was doing was like forgiving them, you know, was really coming into forgiveness of myself. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a beautiful journey and sound has help me stay connected so that I'm never losing that connection with the divinity. So I don't need a pendulum swing and lose myself. It's like, oh, it's there. I'm being held and I can 
transmute this. Mm, that's so beautiful. I really resonate with that story too, around your family and the anger and the blame and the forgiveness and how healing forgiveness can be. Oh, how did you end up coming around to this place of softening and forgiveness? And did someone play a part in that? Like, was it that softening of your nervous system, that safety that was created that you were then able to just soften more easily? Or was there more of a process to that? Because I know that's really hard for so many people, especially with like larger traumas, but even just difficult relationships with their parents. To be honest, sound did not come into my life for like the first two years of my conscious awakening and coming into self-responsibility and creating more harmony within my nervous system. Sound was not consciously there. It was in my life in ways that I didn't realize at the time that it was there. And so I was working with affirmation. I was, um, a close sister of mine had introduced me into Kundalini yoga. And so I was singing mantras, which is totally like an aspect of sound healing. And I was intuitively going into the forest. And as I was like revisiting these memories from childhood, like no longer stuffing them down and turning to alcohol or drugs to like numb the, the weight I was carrying, there was a lot of emotion that was surfacing. And consciously, the choice I was making at this time was to choose love. Like, I didn't quite know what that looked like, but I was exhausted of choosing, you know, hate and anger and fear and all of these things. And so I feel like my heart just really, when I opened up to forgiveness, I think that my, something opened up in my heart that really supported me, but I would go into the forest and (laughs) I would just be like, mother earth please help me transmute these energies, whatever I'm feeling like I'm just, I knew I was feeling a lot and I wouldn't put a story to it. And I didn't realize the power in medicine and not, you know, getting lost in the stories. And I was just, I was like, please like just sing through me. And I would sing the emotions. I would just give them a way to express and be felt through song um, without words, just like, yeah, just letting the forest and my emotions sing me. And that was like, that was really beautiful. And I'm not sure what got me there. Um, Definitely spirit in some kind of way, but it was, it, yeah, it just really soothed my nervous system and helped me like free myself from the stories, because I think I found a lot of safety in those stories, but that was locking me into victimhood. Yeah, that is so beautiful. It sounds like you were, and I don't know if you were aware of this at the time or not, but definitely so soul led, so intuitively led into things like like nature and forest bathing and bathing in the sounds of nature, which I love. I feel like you incorporate them into your work now. And the wisdom of like, even just not getting lost in the story, that's huge. And that you just kind of ended up there is enormous. I feel like you were so even then divinely guided and so like tuned into that part of yourself to your intuition and so developed in that. 
Oh my gosh. That's so, so beautiful. And it sounds like that's informed your work now, like the nature, the Kundalini, like chanting, it's all interconnected and, and woven into where you are now. You know, it's really funny because I feel like, you know, as I was just receiving your interpretation of what I just shared, it's like, I feel like that heart wisdom and guidance was always there. And I feel like that's there for everyone. It's always been there. And I can speak for myself, but I know I was constantly fighting it, going against it, acting out against it, because I was living in a world where I did not agree with what I was seeing. You know, I did not things did not make sense. And so I was kind of like this full time, (laughs) like, what do you call it when those people strike against things? Like I was striking against myself, you know, and I feel like it all was coming from that wound of separate of what I thought was separation from the divine mother and feeling like, how am I in this place on my own by myself and just, you know, not forgiving the process that this human journey is about and being able to accept it. Mm. Yeah. I see that so much as fighting against our own (laughs) divinely received messages. It's also, they're oftentimes pushing us or maybe not pushing us the wrong word, leading us in to new uncomfortable directions. Like it's so much easier to do what you've always done. It's so much easier to drink or party or have sex and avoid, even if you're not actively avoiding. Like I thought I was so freaking self-aware and introspective and all this stuff. And I was, but I still was running on some level. Like I still wasn't directly facing what wanted to come up. I still found big emotions to be extremely uncomfortable in my body. And therefore in that way, ran from them or like got caught up in the story. A lot of analysis, a lot of why, what does this mean? What does this say? When so much of the time that can lead us astray, that can only either confuse us or hyper, we get hyper-focused and like the wrong piece of it where it's not actually going to lead to healing and get kind of stuck with it. We kind of hang on to it. We get, I think, as you said, we identify with it. So there, there are so many reasons where we can reject that guidance because it's scary, because it's new, because it's also not really talked about in society as something we should listen to. And we're not really taught to listen to it in the broader sense in society. And it also leads us to our growth and growth is always going to lead us somewhere uncomfortable, somewhere new and potentially unsafe. Our nervous system doesn't know because it hasn't been there yet. (laughs) Totally unknown. We are definitely in a culture of familiarity, what we're used to, what we're comfortable with. And so stepping outside of our comfort zones is not something that comes maybe I don't want to say naturally, because I feel like once you start doing that, your nervous system really does learn that it's safe to do that. And that it's actually soul fulfilling to do that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to hear how, 
if you can even speak to this, because if there's a mystery to it, that's cool too. Like there's so much <laughs> in our world that works and we don't know how. I'm interested to hear if you have any knowledge or wisdom to share on like how sound shakes this stuff loose and creates this integration and creates this rapid progress in our healing through these vibrations. Like how does that work? If you can speak to that and, or what, what usually comes up for people in that? What are some of the things you've seen in your work? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to segue into this because I feel like this kind of touches on what we were just talking about and kind of what sound can really help us establish in our lives and on our healing journeys is that, you know, a lot of us have ignored that the angels speaking to us, our higher self speaking to us because it's subtle. It's so subtle that we question if it's even real because we're getting all of these really loud signs outside of us. And so we think that, or we're expecting for these very like big, loud signs from spirit. And they're honestly spirit weaves its magic in the subtle realms. And so, you know, often if subtle messages are not listened to is when we come to those epic crises in our lives where usually a big physical challenge will manifest. And so what sound really supports our journey, the nervous system is in fine tuning our awareness to the subtleties so that we can have a more intimate experience with the heart wisdom residing within us where we can tap into the knowing because when we can actually really tap into that knowing there is like life force energy that is emitting from that place that gives us the courage to listen and take action that is in alignment with that soul truth. And so sound healing really allows, when we think about a really busy world, right? We're always, there's like bulletin boards, especially if you're in a city, there's always constantly things of, you need this, you need this, you need to eat this, you need to wear this, you need to be this. Like there's all of these, this external noise. And so you know, like sound is really powerful because sound is like the fabric of the universe. Anything that's emitting from, from free, it's emitting from frequency. And so whether it's an image or words and a message, like it's all coming from the place of sound. And so there's constructive sound and destructive sound. And the destructive sound is kind of like the sound that's telling us that we're not enough you know, that we're not whole, that there's something wrong with us. And that constructive sound is the sound that brings us back to our truth. And so what sound does is it quiets down all of that static, all of the noise, the disempowering stories and patterns and ancestral trauma. It actually just really allows it to, like a sigh, like, just allows it to like quiet down where you can reconnect to the truth of your soul and hear that. So like, it's not even so loudly, just that hearing that listening 
connects you to that knowing where it's like you have that awareness now. And so it's like making a choice that's not in alignment with your health or, you know, your heart is not, you're not going to find fulfillment. And we're all actually seeking that fulfillment. And so, you know, even if a habit is like, you know, not something that's supporting you, it's going to eventually feel very unfulfilling and you're going to be able to make that change. And so sound is just really powerful in returning you to the purity of your soul. Yeah. Mm, That's so beautiful. I, you are so right that we are seeking fulfillment no matter what, what part of us is speaking or seeking ultimately every piece of us, every behavior, every desire is trying to work for our benefit. Now, whether that fulfillment is achieved is another story, but that is, that is the desire of whatever pattern you may have. It's like, I'm trying to fulfill a need. I am trying to um, give us something that will keep us safe, that keep us, will keep us cared for, will keep us I don't know, alive and connected. <laughs> There's so many needs to be fulfilled. And something that I've been playing with recently is the idea of that you spoke to at the end that if you just, and this varies for people depending on where you're at, like what the pattern is, but so you just like, let yourself be free and let yourself kind of quote unquote, do whatever you want. You'll discover quickly that things that you're afraid you might do if that happened, like I'm going to drink all day and watch TV and do nothing. Like you said, you'll quickly discover they're unfulfilling. You'll quickly discover that after like, I don't know, a week or however long it takes, you'll realize, oh, this is not actually what I want. This was my rebellion against what maybe I couldn't do as a child or something like this. Like this was fulfilling some need, but not adequately. And then you're going to seek that fulfillment elsewhere. I feel like part of us are like scared of that fulfillment as well, mm-hmm. because we were in such a numbed out world. Like the, you know, a lot of the world story is like working nine to five and then to celebrate your freedom you go out and party on weekends you know or you have like casual drinks whatever you want to call it and so there's like this weird like robotic system that we get like stuck in and I feel like that feeling of deep fulfillment is something we deeply long for but it's also that space of being completely unfamiliar and unknown and so there's also kind of this I don't even know if fear is the right word but there's maybe anxiety towards Mm. actually experiencing that yeah that makes a lot of sense the other thing that you said about sound that really stuck with me is I'm probably going to paraphrase but essentially listening to your soul speak listening to your heart speak and I feel like there's so much magic that does (laughs) <laughs> that that creates in your life. But I'm going to speak to a couple of things that are pertinent to this conversation specifically. One is I feel like you become more familiar with that sense of deep fulfillment. And so, you know, you know, when you experience it out in the world and you know, when you have a cheap knockoff version of it from some behavior or pattern that you have that isn't actually fulfilling that deep need. It's just kind of a band aid and not 
doing, doing anything for you. And two, I've, I thought of meditation this way. I've like, that's my time to hear my soul speak. And it sounds like sound provides just an amplified container for that, for your soul to speak, for you to hear your soul speak, because like you said, it really drowns out any distractions. It's really like tuning you into that frequency on a, on a higher level. Is that right? 100%. I was actually talking about this with a girlfriend of mine here in Nelson and so many people spend their time in trying to meditate and like fighting these thoughts, like just having a heart, getting really lost in the stories and sound just really supports the nervous system to let go of the stories and create space. Like sound creates space where the mind can relax and let go and let the heart lead. And so sound is, is teaching your nervous system and your body how to bring into sacred union the mind and the heart again so that the heart can lead and the mind can really be a servant to the soul, um, which is just so beautiful, right? That we can have, sound is really something that we cultivate a relationship with because we are all a part of the universe and, you know, the universe like is sound. It is a symphony of frequencies. And as we cultivate this relationship, our awareness of frequencies, we no longer avoid and fear our emotions because we can just recognize the frequencies of them. And then the sound also the teacher of sound begins to within all of us begins to recognize resonance dissonance so that we can create more coherence within our beings to recognize what beliefs are actually not true you know and to come in to to find that resonance um within and outside of ourselves Mm, that is so beautiful could you speak more on the feeling or the experience of resonance versus dissonance Versus, I think you said coherence in the body or in your experience of those (laughs) concepts. Yes, I would love to. So a way in which I feel like I recognize dissonance in my being is usually I'm going to use the example of when I feel like I'm stepping into a new way of being, a new state of being, there's this we're stretching into this new area, this new zone. And so there's going to be beliefs that are not in alignment with those new ways of being. And I often have found that it's connected to our self-worth. And so when I can recognize that there's dissonance is that I'm having a hard time fully embodying that new way of being. And being able to like step into the opportunities that are available there for me. And so one example of this is I kind of like in the spiritual entrepreneurship journey, there was a time in my life where, you know, I was struggling to have confidence in myself. And to feel worthy of working, you know, collaborating with soulmate clients who I was creating this hierarchy. And so, and also kind of being very fixed in how I was of like 
this needs to happen for me to get there. Um, and so it really brought me back into like, okay, like what's not in alignment? Like what beliefs am I carrying that are not allowing me from stepping into this new paradigm? And so the dissonance, one of like the big indications is like resistance, you know, like why am I like struggling to be here when this is already available? It's already opened up in me or else I would not have the awareness of this opportunity. And so the dissonance is when things are just not falling into place, like things behind the scenes need to to be addressed. You know, we need to do that internal reflection so that we can recalibrate recal- our the fre- the frequency of our beliefs. Um and so that's kind of how I've recognized dissonance is that that flow is not really there like things feel clunky and and often when force is there like I feel like that's dissonance showing up. Um And it's usually like us trying to charge forward instead of just taking a moment to drop into, you know, the the projector behind the scenes that's creating our reality because we're brought up in that culture that's like, go, 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 right? And so there's so much value. And when we feel that dissonance to be honest with ourselves, like, what am I believing about myself right now that's, that's limiting me? Um, and so that's kind of my process of recognizing dissonance and in relationships, like honestly, the body, the body is your biggest indicator. There's either going to be like this stickiness of like, maybe there feels like there's a little bit of distance or there's going to be like this magnetism, which is speaking to like resonance. I feel like when there is resonance, my whole body is like, yes, present, ready to be there. And when there's that dissonance, it's like, like this avoidance you know like that intimacy is not there whereas like in resonance you feel that intimacy that magnetism is there and the the body is going to be the biggest indicator um being able to trust like does this feel in alignment or does it not like that alignment our body knows we often try to convince ourselves that it's different than what we're actually feeling because it's been a process of like trusting our emotions right because sometimes they've been so overwhelming that we haven't wanted to accept them and trust them yeah yeah for sure it sounds like at least the way you're speaking about it almost like a decision-making tool as well of is this in alignment is this out of alignment is this creating this kind of uh, maybe obligation reaction force effort does this feel like it's it's coming from the mind rather than resonating in every cell in my body right how do we know when we're where the dissonance is within rather than in relation to something external, I'll give an example of something that came up on a walk with my friend this morning. Um, she, and maybe actually you probably have some good thoughts on this. She um, told me that in shamanic work, that it is father spirit and mother earth. And I have been, have been distance to like a, 
father god a uh, like a masculine god or a divine spirit and have been and you speak to the mother too so i'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this actually now that's coming out of me <laughs> um and i've been resistant to that idea and really bringing in the feminine into my interactions with the divine and making sure that i am i have like a complete energetic understanding of what i'm interacting with and that i'm not leaving a piece of the divine out because that is the most whole thing there could be is spirit. Everything is interconnected through spirit. Spirit is like all there is in a sense. So why would I leave out a whole energy? And anyway, so she, her bringing that up was like, is this validation for that idea or what's going on here? Is this me projecting my own resistance to that because of this own like inner rebellion of my feminine was not respected, received, encouraged when I was growing up. So I'm like extra aware of that, of ensuring my feminine is represented and seen and heard and spoken for. And really is like this big part of me that I had shut down for so long. And I realized it's like the majority of me, I feel like. I'm more of a feminine being than a masculine being naturally. And I was operating the exact opposite because of external beliefs. So at what point am I projecting all of that onto something where it doesn't belong and creating dissonance from like my own internal framework and my own wounding? And at what point is it kind of a sign that there's an intuitive hit, that there's like something off here externally? Does that make sense as a question? Okay. Yeah. And it, it's honestly a great, it's a great example because there is like a dynamic equilibrium in the universe. And so it's like, there's many experiences and possibilities in this example. But from what I've learned from my experience is I remember I experienced the opposite where I was in this like container and the woman holding the space was like calling God a her. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> did we just like pendulum swing to like give it another gender? I feel like what we're seeing in the world right now, we're like the younger generation are identifying by they is like the most accurate, <laughs> you know, even the, the pronoun it, you know, like spirit is it's it, it is everything. Mm -hmm. And so no longer confining it to it just has to be feminine or just masculine. And I feel like we have this tendency and habit of like categorizing things. And so I feel like your body was telling you right in that moment that maybe you don't share a belief or that perspective, but that you're not creating um, dissonance. Like I feel like the greatest service we can do is allow all opinions, not making any of them right or um more valid than another because like we live in a paradox of possibilities and truths you know throughout our journey one thing that was true at one point like becomes untrue at another point and so it's really like from the frequency that we're embodying what's true um and so it's really important to recognize like when there is that dissonance for me, like that was a big indicator, like, Oh, I don't recognize with like 
resonate with that. And there were some, this was in like a entrepreneurship business container where there were some other things that I was like being told, like, you need to wear makeup every time you're on camera. And I was just like, I was like, what? Like, you know, so there were like these things of like, actually like, no, I don't believe that. And then there were like other things of like pain point selling clients. I was like, that does not resonate with me. And it took me a while to get a bunch of these things to recognize like, holy shit, I've been in a war of dissonance. And I didn't recognize it right away because sometimes when we're stepping into a new field and we're needing guidance or we think we're needing guidance of because it's like, oh, I don't know how to be in business and create a business. We look for that help outside of ourselves, but we will get indicators of like mm, that, you know, like that doesn't feel right. Often that's how the dissonance shows up is like, mm, that doesn't feel right for me. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. Yeah. I love what you said on war too. I think that's a great way to describe dissonances. It feels like you're at war. You're at war with yourself, like forcing yourself to do something, putting a lot of effort into like making things happen when you're not moving in the right direction. You're not moving in from a place of resonance, right? You're not moving from alignment. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you're at war maybe with, I feel like inner war and outer war are really interconnected and really there doesn't need to be this like outer war with someone or something else. If there's this internal piece, like it all just kind of falls away. I realized. So it's hard for me to like extend this to outer because it's all so interconnected. It's like when you are in resistance with a piece of yourself, that's when you start to struggle in other areas. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? I do. I feel like when we're not like accepting all of who we are, it creates this, like the war against the self is like, <laughs> it, it is the source of the disharmony we see in the world. And what we see outside of ourselves is kind of helping to like bring back awareness to the inner self of like, how is this living in me? And so I definitely, um, yeah, I resonate with that so much, Anastasia. Beautiful as we were speaking. And it was such a confirmation for me to hear the beginning of our chat together today that you hear tones too, because as you were speaking, this this tone came in um, that opened up to in that opening to God that I experienced after my first shadow work. There was like a whole awakening with really intense experiences we can chat about another time. But that felt like such a confirmation and like a, a residence of my own with what you have been sharing. I want to leave off on one piece of advice or wisdom. Like if there was one thing you could share with the people listening today, what would it be? Um, It would be to create space for what brings you the most joy. Even if you don't know how it's going to support and sustain you is to create space in your life 
to be in that joy because that joy is where we feel the most connection. And when we're feeling connected is when synchronicity opens up to us and where we can really start to live in a world of support, unconditional support, and to thrive where our passions are. And so to follow that that joy, those inner child dreams, you know. <laughs> mm, that's so beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you, Acacia. It was so wonderful to have you here. Where can people connect with you, find you, enter your world? Mm, lovely. Um, so if you want to connect with my journey, you're welcome to follow me on Instagram. It's at Acacia Godwin. And I also have a website where you can tune into my offerings for sound ceremonies. It's www.acaciagodwin.com. And Acacia is A-C-A-I-S-H-A Godwin. And yeah, that's pretty much where people can find me. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today, Anastasia. I love so much connecting with you. And yeah, I just feel that I've always felt that resonance with you from the moment we met. Thank you so much. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for listening, my love. I'm so grateful for you. And I hope you took something powerful away from today's episode. If you haven't already, hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if this episode felt valuable to you, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that other children of God like you can find this podcast so we can reach more people. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you. Go over to my Instagram at Anna and Powers and say hi, send me a message. I'd love to chat with you. Also head over to my website at AnnaEmpowers.com to dive deeper and explore both free and paid offerings God has been pouring through me to serve you so that you can ditch those shackles of conditioning and your past and step deeper into the stewardship God has called you to. Remember that God holds all the power. He created us to lean on him, not to do it on our own. He created you wonderfully and beautifully as an integral piece of his kingdom here on earth. So steward your gifts with purpose. I love you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.